Welcome to the Hoosier Ag Today Thursday podcast with the latest in Indiana farm news plus markets and weather. I'm Andy Eubank, joined today by C.J. Miller and Sabrina Halverson. Our podcast brought to you by First Farmers Bank and Trust, experienced banking built on heart, grit, and agriculture. FFBT.com if you'd like to learn more. Hat News today includes concerns on pesticide regulations at the House Ag Committee and a Purdue Ag student's new kid's book about farming. Hat Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin warms us up today. More sunshine, too, and the Wednesday Ag Markets all in sell-off mode. Tom Fritz analysis on the Hoosier Ag Today Thursday morning podcast. At First Farmers Bank and Trust, we know that when agriculture thrives, we all do. It's the heart and grit of our agricultural communities that keep the crops coming in and the livestock cared for day and night. That's why we build financial solutions around the needs and schedules of our ag clients. If you're looking for a financial partner that has over 135 years experience in understanding and supporting agriculture, we want to hear from you. Let's harvest success together. First Farmers Bank and Trust, member FDIC, equal opportunity lender. From seed, grain, and feed companies to crop protection, farm implements, and technology, agribusiness is all around us here in Indiana. I'm Bruce Kettler, President and CEO of the Agribusiness Council of Indiana. At ACI, our sole focus is on the needs of our members. We advocate, educate, inform, and we invite you to join us in our mission. Visit our website, inagribiz.org, to become a member. That's inagribiz.org. The Agribusiness Council of Indiana, strengthening and connecting Indiana agribusiness. Lawmakers asking for changes to pesticide regulations and a new children's book about agriculture written by a Purdue Ag student. I'm C.J. Miller, and this is Hoosier Ag Today. A couple of congressmen have addressed their concerns over pesticide regulations at a recent House Ag hearing. Sabrina Halverson has more. Representative Dan Newhouse of Washington was the first to give comments at the hearing and the first to broach the subject. He said state pesticide regulations need to fall in line with federal controls. The ability to produce abundant food, feed, and fiber relies on access to safe and effective pesticides. However, some states have begun to regulate pesticides in a manner counter to the decades of scientific guidance from the EPA. He said there are consequences to having different standards between the states and federal regulations. The lack of certainty on EPA-approved science-based labels will erode access to current and future pesticides. It will threaten crops, grower incomes, conservation practices, public health, vital infrastructure, and ultimately raise food prices for families amidst record high inflation. Newhouse said though he understands the rights of the states to each have their own pesticide regulations, he supports the Agricultural Label Uniformity Act to reaffirm pesticide label consistency. Congressman Rick Allen of Georgia also discussed state pesticide offices, but with a different take. 46 states, including Georgia, have one lead agency for pesticides. We need to support and codify that each state should have a robust state-led pesticide agency in the next farm bill. Having multiple regulatory bodies in a state does not work and is not effective for protecting public health and the environment. Read more at HoosierAgToday.com. I'm Sabrina Halverson. Selling Indiana soybeans on the export market is one thing. Getting those soybeans to those export markets is quite another. 
Hoosier Ag Today's Eric Pfeiffer will be traveling with a group of Indiana soybean farmers to the Panama Canal for a first-hand look at the issues facing export shipments of soybeans around the world. Listen for his on-location reports made possible by the Indiana Soybean Checkoff exclusively from Hoosier Ag Today. Well, if you have little kids, grandkids, or little ones in your life in general, then you may want to order a brand new children's book that's been written by a Purdue Ag student that helps teach kids about the importance of farming and agriculture. Courtney Audi of Seymour wrote and illustrated her book. It's called The Young American Farmer, and she says her book came about really quickly. And so I sat down over Thanksgiving break, and the next thing you know, all the illustrations were done, and I was happy with how it looked, and I was able to get it published. And now you can find her book at Amazon.com. Audie shared with me where the idea for the book came from. At the end of the day, agriculture has left such a big impact on me, and I feel like I tend to take it for granted sometimes. And so I really want to sit down and look at it through this lens of childlike joy, or how would a child look at agriculture if they'd never seen it before? And so then I really started to dissect it and I actually got a puppy a couple weeks ago and her name is Millie. And so she kind of kickstarted the whole idea of the character where I was like, if Millie was a kid, what would I tell her about agriculture? Which is quite a funny connection there. She says the main lesson of the book is that agriculture provides us all with so much more than just the food we eat. Agriculture is more than the corn and the soybean fields I grew up with and like the pigs and the cows. It's the cotton fields in the southern half of the United States. It's the great it's the apple orchards. And so I really wanted to capitalize on all of agriculture. Um, so that way it can kind of bring about those deeper conversations with children. So then we can talk about how everything we use comes from agriculture. Like I wouldn't be sitting in the Purdue University Union if it wasn't for agriculture because of the wood. And so I think it brings recognition to all of these different areas of agriculture. Audie says the profits from the book are going to a program to help further ag education in our schools. All the profits from this book are going to go into this program to help create small urban farms for urban schools. Um, so think vertical gardens, smaller things like that. So that way these students can actively see, even if I'm not on a hundred acre farm, I can still be involved in agriculture. I can still grow my own food. And my hope is that the money from this going and supporting these programs not only better prepares Purdue students, but also allows these um, urban students to see agriculture and see it in a different light. You can hear my full conversation with Purdue student Courtney Audie as she talks more about her children's book. You can also find the link to order her book at HoosierAgToday.com and at the new Hoosier Ag Today mobile app. I'm C.J. Miller, Hoosier Ag Today, Indiana's Farm Radio Network. Let's face it, operating a farm isn't going to get any less expensive this year. That's why an operating loan from Farm Credit Bid America is built to give you more cash back and more flexibility in how you are able to manage your funds. Learn more at fcma.com operating and get an operating loan that pays you back. Loan subject to credit approval. Additional terms and conditions may apply. Farm Credit Bid America is an equal opportunity lender. I'm Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin with Hoosier Ag Today's Indiana Farm Forecast. I'm not making any changes to the outlook as we see it right now. Warm airs finally starting to push in a little bit more today. We're looking at well above normal temperatures as we finish the week and go into the start of the weekend. Full sunshine today and tomorrow sun to start on Saturday and then clouds increase late. And as we move forward, we're going to be looking at a little bit of moisture from overnight Saturday night through Sunday morning to midday. The disturbance that's coming out of the central 
central plains kind of hooking up with some cooler air to the north so a few hundreds to a few tenths is what i'm looking at and i'm calling it rain at this point i don't think we're cold enough to get any major snowflake activity behind that we are chilly to start next week for about a day monday and then we go through the Tuesday to at least Friday period, looking at another round of very warm air, well above normal temperatures, quite mild as we head toward Christmas. At this point, I think the warmth holds through Christmas, through the 26th, 27th, temperatures a good 10, 15, 20 degrees above normal. But there is a new wrinkle that's trying to come together. I'm just starting to see some moisture push into the Four Corners region for Saturday the 23rd. And it depends on track and how this thing wants to operate. But if it wants to move quickly to the northeast, we could be in line for some rain by the time we get to Christmas Day. We'll just have to see. We'll watch that. I can't tell you that it's going to be dry all the way through Christmas. It could still be that way. But I'm talking about a little bit of moisture in the southwestern United States. Well above normal temperatures, though, don't look like they're breaking anytime soon. Even as I look upstream, I don't see a massive cold air or Arctic outbreak coming the rest of this month. That's a look at your forecast update. I'm meteorologist Ryan Martin. Liquidation throughout all of the ag markets. This is Hoosier Ag Today. I'm Andy Eubank with the Wednesday Farm Market Review, and I'll have settlements momentarily. We begin, though, with market analysis to find out what happened. Tom Fritz checked in with me at the end of the trading day. Tom from EFG Group. Tom, it was a sell-off throughout the trading session, and there was plenty to talk about throughout the day. And then by the time the grain markets closed, the Fed chair was speaking at the conclusion of their new uh, monetary policy statement. Also, uh, we've got an Argentine peso that's been significantly devalued. Was that a part of the soybean complex sell-off? Well, I think part of it is. Uh, also, uh, with Argentina, okay, they devalued the peso dramatically. But there's also some, uh, uh, call it two-sided speculation, if you will, uh, will the Argentine government raise export taxes or will they leave export taxes unchanged? Uh, it's interesting. Uh, you know, I've seen commentary go both ways. But uh, I think, uh, you know, part of the reason for the down, uh, the down day is uh, weather in Argentina is really, really good. You know, I don't think Argentina has a problem going forward. And, you know, Andy, that's in keeping with the uh, – El Nino, El Nino, uh, from day one, has been said it will benefit Argentina. So, uh, but right now, Argentina is off to a darn good start as far as uh, you know the planning and uh, early progress of their crops. Um, so, you know, I think that weighs on uh, our markets a little bit. Uh, the weather in uh, Brazil, okay, it's going to be hot and dry for the next uh, num- number of days. You know, some folks are going to say the uh, hot and dry starts on Friday and runs through Sunday. Um, I just looked at uh, AccuWeather. They've got the hot and dry starting on uh, Friday and running through Tuesday. But um, also, go beyond that, we're going to see a uh, moderation of uh, temperatures and better moisture. Uh, when I say better moisture, it's not going to be above normal moisture. It's going to be normal moisture. So the uh, as far as I'm concerned, the debate will continue. Um, have we seen yield loss in the Brazilian soybean crop? If so, how much? Can any, any of it be recovered? Uh, blah, 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 blah. 
Uh, for as nasty as the uh, soybean market looked today, I'd be surprised if we stayed under pressure. Now, granted, I understand we're a futures market. Uh, you know, the hot and dry weather that's uh, about ready to uh, get going down in uh, Mato Grosso, Brazil, we traded that on uh, Monday. Well, and then uh, subsequent forecasts for uh, come next week are going to show moderation. So we're a futures market. We're always looking ahead. And uh, it looked to me that the uh, midday update uh, further ensured that uh, temperatures will indeed uh, moderate with uh, some beneficial moisture. So, um, you know, how much of that uh, today's trade is all about weather? How much of it is Argentina? Uh, like I said, Argentina, yeah, they devalued the daylights out of the currency, but uh, nobody knows for sure what they're going to do with uh, export taxes. Uh, I read one gentleman said, oh, I think they're going to slash export taxes. Another uh, outfit says, no, they'll probably raise export taxes. I think what you have to realize is uh, current level of export taxes in Argentina are the lowest involving uh, oil seeds. They're the highest involving feed grains. So who knows what they're going to do. Uh, but uh, like I said, their uh, their crop looks pretty good. And, uh, you know, in this regard, stay tuned. Uh, the wheat market, uh, boy, you know, what a, uh, what a whirlwind it is over there. Uh, you know, we had a uh, great rally last week on Chinese buying. On uh, Monday, the indication was, well, maybe the Chinese are done. Uh, yesterday, I think we reflected uh, some massive North Africa buying. Uh, who was it? Algeria, uh, just shy of a million tons. Tunisia was in there. And, uh, well, you know, okay, that bolstered yesterday, along with talk that uh, the French wheat winter wheat crop's going to be down this year. Ukraine winter wheat crop's going to be down this year. So that bolstered yesterday. So why are we down today? Well, it seems like the Algerian uh, 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 wheat buying is all going to come out of the Black Sea. Well, we know who the Black Sea is. That's the Russian. And I looked at the prices that Algeria paid, and they were um, – just barely, I'm not even sure they were above uh, what Egypt paid uh, last week. So when Russia gets all the business, they have the lion's share of the wheat. So uh, prices stay relatively low. Uh, European uh, prices uh, rolled over on this news, thinking, okay, Western Europe's not going to get any of that Algerian business. And unfortunately, you know, uh, withholding uh, what happened last week, U.S. wheat prices were a follower. We're not a leader. In fact, uh, last week when we rallied on the Chinese buying, uh, just killed whatever competitiveness we had. So, uh, you know, I think the wheat market's going to, looks like it wants to do some further uh, downside retracing. So, but looking ahead, you know, we started the conversation with, uh, you know, with what Mr. Powell is saying. And uh, part of the reaction to that was a sharply lower dollar. So, uh, you know, I think everybody in their neighbor realizes if we can sustain a sharply lower dollar, uh, that will indeed help our exports. So, um, you know, we're going to see how uh, the trade digests all this news overnight. 
tomorrow where we'll look at uh, weekly export sales and see if uh, they can turn the tide. Tom Fritz, Market Analysis. Tom with EFG Group in Chicago. On the hat, Wednesday Farm Market Review. About a nickel down in corn. March ends at 4.79.5, down a nickel and three quarters. And May, 4.92.5, down four and three quarters. Steeper losses in beans and wheat, though. January beans, 1307 and a half, down 16 and a quarter. March, 16 and a half off at 1326 and a quarter. And March wheat, 605 and a quarter, down 20 and a quarter. And the meats went down, too. February live cattle, 167.22, down $1.37. February lean hogs, down just over $1.50 at 66.72. I'm Andy Eubank with the Wednesday Market Review. This is Who's Your Ag Today, Indiana's most listened to farm radio network.